0: Hey photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and really I'm just here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That certainly means helping you improve your photographic skills and enabling you to become a stronger business owner, but it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We are sponsored by photographersedit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, And milu.com, that's M I I L U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca podcast episode. And this has rarely happened. Uh, I have what feels like a longtime friend on the line with me right now. Yannick from Vagio Photography is with me for the third Boca podcast episode. Welcome back, Yannick.
1: Thank you so much. Super excited. You know, I can't believe this is already the third time.
0: It's, it is kind of crazy. And for anybody listening in who did not get to hear the first episodes, uh, episode 43, an episode 310. I mean, we've been doing these for a long time. This is going to be something like episode 450 or thereabouts. Oh, wow. So um, we've been doing this for a long time, but uh, you can go back for those of you listening in who didn't hear those episodes. We'll put the links in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. Go back and listen to those episodes. Um, not only get to, to know Yannick, but also his wife, Sasha, as well. who were uh, They were both on those episodes and get to know about how to break into a new market. That was a really great episode, very insightful. And then we also talked about print sales in episode 310. We'll link to both of those in the show notes yeah. at com. So
1: this is the first time that I'm actually without Sasha.
0: I know. Well, <laughs> shout out to Sasha, um, who is an important part of that Bajo Photography team. But Yannick, you're actually on the show today to, to talk about Google Ads, which is really interesting. We haven't really dug into this topic much on the podcast in in the past. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward actually to getting into this, to bring this to our listeners. But before we do, um, you know, I've had you on the, the podcast multiple times now. So I've asked you most of the introductory questions. One that we hadn't touched on yet has to do with providing a great customer experience. I know uh, from actually having the opportunity to be behind the camera, um, or actually I should say in front of the camera, you were behind the camera photographing my headshot. I, I yeah. know that an interaction with you is a really fun interesting, exciting interaction. So I can imagine your customers have a really cool experience, but I wonder if there's a particular idea that you have found is important when it comes to providing a great customer experience to your clients.
1: Yeah. So I think the overall, you know, when I photograph somebody or, you know, when I, you know, have the interaction with my clients, I always put the, building relationship as the priority. So, you know, to get to know them and also, you know, have this beginning of a good relationship and always thinking that this sales that I'm making right now with this session is just the beginning and really provide the good customer service as a way to build a long-term relationship with your clients. So that's, you know, this way uh, you can have those repeat repeated customers, you know, over time and, actually this becomes cheaper and cheaper, you know, as a cost of acquisition, of new clients, because you bring the, the the ones that you served before.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, it would be easy for us to, in the moment, maybe lose sight of the big picture, which is, as you point out, we want to invest in a relationship for the long run. So we have that repeat business. And I know that you work with individual clients as well as corporate clients. So this applies even to those corporate clients, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, before the coronavirus happened and now it's starting to happen again, but we often photograph headshots for a large number uh, of people at, you know, different businesses or conferences. And we actually build a relationship with every person that we photograph. I mean, in. We actually have business from those people that we photograph as part of the conferences, or is that they were just an employee at the, at the company. You know, they find out that we do family photography as well, and they come back. You know, for family sessions. Right. So, you know, th- this happens all the time.
0: Now, I'm, I'm really curious, and this is something I've been asking other photographers that have come on the show. It's you know, photographers talk a lot about the importance of relationships when it comes to building a business. Um, I, I also know that just realistically, as human beings, we can only develop so many close relationships in our life, right? So we can only invest so much in each relationship. And as photographers, we work with a lot of different people. How do you make sure that you are investing in a relationship that actually has some depth? Uh, That isn't just kind of surface level, you know, BS, let me get through the session and get to the next person. But that person Mm -hmm. actually feels like you genuinely care about them. How do you do that?
1: It's, you know, it's, Actually, I think it's pretty simple. the The number one thing that you have to do yeah. is just to listen actively. Listen. Okay. Don't listen thinking what you're gonna say next. Yeah. Just Just listen. Just listen, and you know, and really care what the other person is saying. And and, and really, this is the the biggest foundation.
0: <laughs> That's a great reminder, and honestly, it's a great reminder for my personal relationships too. Like I, I know that. I can I can get in that mode where it's just on to the next thing, whether I'm you know, talking to my kids or it, the family member or friend, and and you're right. You're so right. And I, I feel kind of guilty even thinking about it, but I really need to to actively work on that. You know, I, Here on the podcast, for example, it's, it can be pretty easy to be in that actively listening mode because I know I'm listening in, but then I'm also thinking about the next question. It's, it's funny. It's kind of a, a balance between the two. But yeah, me- well, yeah,
1: for you know, for you, you know, running the the podcast is definitely much harder because you have to, you know, you have an agenda, you have questions, you know, so you have to control the the flow. But I think you know, like and I caught myself this, you know, uh doing this before and you know, sometimes obviously right now as well. But uh when you know I talk to clients, especially during the sales, you know, sales uh meeting or sales yeah. call, yeah, really don't think about what you're gonna say next. Just really listen and 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 then, you know, the conversation will flow, you know, you don't have to already have 10 questions prepared, and not really listening, you know, what that person is saying, and they're just asking questions just for the sake of asking.
0: Yeah, one of the the podcasters that I've taken inspiration from over the years is a guy named Joe Rogan. He's, uh, you know, he's been known as the host of the Fear Factor TV show, and he's a color commentator for the UFC. And he's a comedian, but he's he hosts one of the most popular podcasts in the world. And his podcast episodes go on for Two to three hours regularly, and sometimes can even go beyond that, but wow. I think part of what enables that is he is very much in the moment he doesn 't have it use that word agenda he doesn 't have an agenda. Instead he's very much present in the moment and just interested in having conversation with that person in front of him right then. And and you it feels so genuine. And it's easy to just kind of relax in that as opposed to okay, what do I gotta to go to what you know, what's the next topic? Or how do I get to this this talking point or how do I sell them this thing? Just really being there and being present. It's it's funny being on the other side of somebody who actually cares to engage with me in that way is very rare, and so when I experience that, it feels so good.
1: Yeah, I I need to check check his podcast as well then.
0: Well, yeah, and it's it, it's <laughs> certainly not for everybody. He but he has a it's a wide range of guests from comedians mm. to you know UFC fighters to scientists to political figures. I mean, he had Mike Tyson on the other day. It's it's really quite a fascinating podcast but I've just taken a lot from it as far as like being a conversationalist and, and to bring it back to your point it's it really is super important both in our personal and our professional lives to to truly be present in the moment, actively listen. I really appreciate the reminder. I, I definitely needed that today. You talked about cost of acquisition and that really is a great segue because mm-hmm. we're going to jump right into the main topic today. And again, for those of you who didn't hear the previous episodes with Yannick and Sasha, we'll link to those. So you can kind of get to know a little bit more about their business. Here are the answers to some of those other questions that I would normally ask, but we're going to talk about Google AdWords. And I know that I personally have experience uh, with my, with my businesses over time. And AdWords, and I've seen mm-hmm. some results from it. But I'm, I'm curious, what when was the first time you ever used the platform, and what were your results initially?
1: So, um, I mean, I, I don't don't know exactly when was the first time that I used Google Ads, but I, I mean, I used it many years ago. I'm, you know, I'm a geek at heart, so uh, <laughs> you know that uh, you know I jump on you know a lot of this uh, technologies early on. Yeah. I mean, just to give you an idea. Uh, you know, my personal email address, which is like Yannick, Yannick at gmail.com The only reason I was able to get my first name at gmail.com is because I joined Gmail when it was only by invitation. Oh. Uh, so that's that's how long ago it was. Okay. So that's why, you know, I may have used Google Ads long time ago. I don't even know how old Google Ads are, AdWords, you know, what it used to be called. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely used it, you know, before just to see how things work. And you know, it took me a good number of years to actually see the results that I was happy with. Or because you know, before I, I, I was like I had high hopes. I would sure. just put something together, you know. Throws okay. I'm gonna do do some ads, and then kaboom! I think you know money will be flowing in. But you know, it's <laughs> unfortunately it was flowing out. You know, yeah, I you know yeah. my pocket. So that's that was the issue. I I, I can
0: sadly I can relate. Um, I, I know sometimes <laughs> like I, I'll. I'll only go so far with an effort and, and, you know, whether it's a business plan or a marketing plan or otherwise. And, and then I, there's a certain amount of hope that I, that I put into it. And yeah. really at the end of the day, hope is a good thing, but it only does so much, you know, we have to actually put the work in. And what I'm excited about in our conversation today is that you're going to actually share very specific steps that will enable our listeners to more effectively use Google ads to be able to drive business. Uh, and and we'll get to that here in just a second. I'm curious, though, before we do, what are the advantages from your perspective? What are the advantages of using Google ads over Facebook and Instagram ads? Because, you know, I mean, Facebook and Instagram over the last two mm-hmm. or three, four years have been become super, super popular. It's a really, really powerful tool. Are there advantages of Google over
1: those? So... You know, there's definitely, uh, obviously, there's definitely a place for um, Facebook and Instagram ads. I think the uh, Facebook and Instagram ads are more uh, either building um, awareness or... Um, building your mailing list uh, with some kind of lead magnet, you know, because usually people when they're surfing to Facebook or just scrolling through Facebook or throwing to Instagram, uh, they're not usually in a mindset of committing and buying something. It's, and- it's rare, you know, It's it's mainly like, Oh, this is something for free. Let me let me take a look at it, right? Uh, yeah. Then you can build on top of it, right? Uh, which you know, it, it is possible. It's definitely it's definitely one way to do it. You know, with Google Ads, the business the difference, they, and which is pretty significant difference, is when somebody goes to Google and enter, let's say, I don't know, headshot photographers near me or uh, family photographers near me. They already have some kind of intent. You know, they are, are looking for specific photography you know type or you know for for certain photography that they in need so they yes. already rel- realize that they have a need right when 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 you advertise on facebook or instagram those people most of the time they don't know that they have this need you know or you know so you have to kind of wake it up you know totally cold leads and then you have to wake it up to wake up during awareness that yeah this would be kind of cool to do or or, you know you know i i may need a new headshot and usually when you when you scroll through facebook and instagram you definitely not are i mean you definitely not are in a more professional mindset uh that oh yeah i need a headshot right now you know this is not this is usually like people will scroll through Facebook or Instagram to relax on their personal time and not thinking about their professional uh, you know, career or you know what are the next steps.
0: That's such a clear distinction. I, I love how you broke that down. You're right. Somebody who is hanging out on Facebook and Instagram, they're likely just kind of doing that mindlessly. And while the targeting tools built into Facebook, for example, and their ad platform are actually quite powerful and you can target somebody based on their behavior, they're not necessarily actively looking for that service or that product. And so they are a colder potential client. You got to do more work to to draw them in. Google, they're a warmer lead because they are specifically going to search for something. That's a really clear distinction and honestly, a massive advantage in Google ads over Facebook and Instagram ads. Would you say there are disadvantages to Google ads in comparison to Facebook and Instagram?
1: I mean, if you look at it, you know, it, first if you don't do it because if you don't do it properly google ads will be more expensive okay uh, so you know th- those clicks are expensive because google knows that those you know those people are already searching for certain things so they they can ask for high price okay. uh to get those to get those clicks you know on on the ad you know so you know in general the google ads themselves you know the biggest mistake that i you know that i was making and then i see a lot you know other people are making as well is that they isolate Google ads and that's the only thing they do. And, you know, you have to do other activities around it or you have to have the setup around it more so that, uh, you know, you are successful converting, you know, those those leads. Um, You know, so one way, for example, is uh, combined like the Google search ads uh, searches are the ones that are appear in your search results and combine them with display ads. So when somebody comes to your, uh, to your page, you know, because they click on your ad, then later on, they start to see those display ads on, on websites, which is, you know, a lot of people do it. Uh, and I've done it, as well but to be honest i don't i didn't have good results with display ads because i think we are bombarded with way too many of those ads yeah. on different websites yeah. and i don't i think over time these kind of reminders stop working uh, you know, and the same thing you know you can do with the fa- Facebook pixel you know to see who 's coming on your on your landing page for your Google ads and then kind of display those ads the uh you know through facebook F- facebook ads but again it 's kind of invading their personal time. Mm-hmm when they were, you know, and not, you know, something that they were doing before uh, when they were searching for the photographer. So that's, you know, I tried both and I didn't, see, you know, I didn't see the those results, you know, uh, as good as they, as they should be, or I thought they, they, they would be. Uh, but what I saw that you know, following up with emails actually works much better.
0: Yeah. And we're going to actually talk about that workflow yeah. here in just a little bit. Um, I, I'm glad that you bring up the the reality of the experience, though, of somebody on the other side of an ad, because this is the kind of thing that I, I think about quite a bit. I know how personally annoyed I get being remarketed to, you know, from from a company like I'll oh, I'll go search something and then the rest yeah. of the next, you know, the rest of the week I'm seeing ads from this particular company remarketing ads. Um,
1: exactly. And it's, like a, and it's actually kind of productive, right? Because instead of, you know, building the, you know, something that you want to yeah, do or yeah. the need is actually becoming more annoyed by it.
0: Exactly. So I think maintaining a certain amount of empathy in our efforts at marketing as it relates to certainly Facebook and Instagram, but specifically Google is really important. I'm glad that you highlight that. Why did you like what brought you to, I guess, spend a little bit more time developing your Google ads presence in your recent marketing efforts?
1: Um, yeah. So actually, that goes back to episode 43 when we talked about us moving to a new market. Okay. Uh, and this is the time when we moved from, from Chicago to San Diego, yeah. um, to Southern California. And, you know, we tried different avenues to build, uh, new client base. And one of the ways was, uh, Google ads. And that's when I, you know, uh, started to dig deeper into the whole effort and, you know, and, and, and monitor it and see how things are working. Uh, and, f- develop those, uh, practices that actually start to work better. And, you know, I tried, you know, I mean, I tried m- m- a lot of things, you know, I don't want to say all of them, but I, I did, I did try many, many, uh, ways of advertising. So I did Google, Facebook, obviously, Instagram, Yelp, uh, LinkedIn. So, you know, for, for headshots and, uh, and other portraits and Google, you know, gave me the, the best results, uh, in terms of, Conversion ratios and uh, the cost of acquisition. So that's you know that's that's how it worked for, you know the best for me.
0: Well, and you'd mentioned to me I think ahead of our conversation today. Um, it, of course, we've all been dealing with the fallout from COVID, how it's affected our businesses, how it's eaten into the amount of revenue we we're able to generate for our business. But as things are starting to pick up for you, you'd mentioned that Google Ads uh, has been a source of business or potential business. What have those results looked like as of late?
1: So, yeah, so, you know, my Google ads, so I I run, you know, the same, you know, uh, similar type of a campaign from, you know, for now, I would say for like two or three years now. Okay. Uh, I tweak them here and there, you know, based on the results, but overall, you know, the the, the principles are the same. The the good thing is about, you know, once somebody gets into your uh, circle of potential clients and then when you nurture this, you know, them uh, with emails, that I don't, you know, so I don't send like emails, like bombarded emails, you know, every day, you know, do it now, do it now, do it now. Uh, I actually, my chain of emails spans, I think, 12 months. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, so somebody that may not have been ready, you know. When they came and just, you know, uh, came to my uh, landing page, you know, I just send them tips, uh, various tips throughout, you know, I start, you know, first start at few, every few days, then every week, then every two weeks and every month, once a month, you know, and I just remind them, hey, you know, uh, maybe this is the, the right time to, to do your headshots or do your portraits or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they sign up for. So I'm still have some kind of interaction with clients that were looking at headshots or portraits. Uh, before corona happened right so so that's you know so that's this is the the google ads is almost like just uh, i guess the initial contact but then it's just it, it's more than that so that's why i was saying that you we cannot just run google ads in isolation and just not having the whole uh, called the entourage you know around you know google ads because then it, it for sure it's not going to be effective
0: that makes sense. Okay, so when we're talking about some of these these clients that you're booking as of late, as your business begins to pick back up, that could be a, a result not just of they you know they yesterday they clicked on a Google ad and they came to your mm-hmm. site and they booked you. This is a potentially a process that lasts a span of months.
1: Correct. Yeah. So you know it's it's a mix right now. I mean, still majority is you know. Uh, it- it comes from the the current Google Ads, but I do have um, around 15-20% of people that basically are booking me because of the you know emails that they continue to receive.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, then that, that brings us to really our, our main point of conversation within this topic today, which are the important principles that drive setting up a really strong Google Ads campaign. You mentioned to me before we got started, really, that we have a total of five principles. So can you just walk us through each of those?
1: Yeah, so let me first list them, and then um, you know, if I forget one, just remind me. But, you know, <laughs> okay. I, I hope I hope I remember I remember them properly. But sure. You know, for sure, the first one is uh, keywords. Yes. Uh, the second one will be the actual text of your ad, so the copy of yep. your ad. Yeah. Uh, then you know, the third one is monitoring, and I mentioned it before that you cannot just run your ads running on their own, and you know, you have to continuously monitor. Uh, how the ad is performing and where are the weak points? Okay. So that's uh, the third one. Fourth one would be the landing page itself. So yes. where the client comes w- once they click on your ad, and the last one is basically the emails or the communications that you do after somebody clicks on your ad.
0: Okay, that's that's great. Let's go back and, and just kind of break down each of these.
1: Okay, so let's start with the keywords first. So the the biggest mistake that I did, and I know a lot of photographers, uh, you know, or just people that start with Google Ads are doing, is enter the keywords what is called in broad terms. Oh, okay. Uh, so so basically, uh, there was there was. Let's let's look. You know, I run majority of my uh, my ads on headshots, but you know it can be applied to weddings or engagement sessions or family portraits. You know anything, right? Um, so let's say you know somebody's looking for headshots. So my keyword that I'm going to put in the ad that I'm targeting is headshot photographers, right? Uh, and if I don't put any without without any modifiers, meaning like the uh, you know this is just broad term, Google will take this this keyword. And actually, it will show those my ads to uh, a a very broad range of keywords that people are entering. So Mm. it could be from take you know how to do headshots yourself or how to shoot headshots yourself, or you know it could be uh, headshot photographers for free, or it could be how to how to take a headshot with a cell phone. You know those would be all uh, you know keywords that Google will show your ads, uh, you know, for those results. Yeah. And, and so this is, so you are going to, you know, people will click on them, uh, you know, because you will, you know, uh, I mean, you're not going to say on the, you know, on your ad that, you know, don't, don't click on this ad. If you say, if you use the word free, you know, because this, my headshot is not free, you know, you're not going to use this kind of ad. Right. So, so people will click on it and, Uh, I think you're going to basically burn your budget, you know, whatever your budget is, you're going to burn it much faster than what, you know, uh, what you, you know, what you could use it for. So it's very important to be, especially at the beginning, pretty specific, uh, you know, with your keywords. So you don't have to use, you know, you know, like exact keywords, but if you use the, you know, like exact keywords, meaning that, you know, I'm targeting only if somebody types exactly, let's say, headshot photographers and nothing else, Right. Uh, but you know another the kind of in between it could be headshot photographers let's say in Orange County okay right? so that that could you know that that that's a keyword that would work for me and then what's also important is to enter. Any negative keywords, right? So to so filter out anything that you don't want, you know, the phrases that people search to include,
0: like free, <laughs>
1: like, free like free, do it, do it yourself, yeah. uh, you know, cell phone, or, or you know, whatever other uh, whatever whatever other keywords you can think of, and you know, actually, as as your run is going. And you can see what people are entering and what was the what was uh, the, the phrases that your ads were displayed at. You can see exactly the phrases that people entered, and you can mark some of these as negative keywords. So this basically it will help you to see what people entered in their searches and say, okay, is this the keyword that I want to continue to, to be shown at, or this is something that I want to exclude?
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. How many roughly? How many keywords do you, are you currently using in your campaign? If you do you know offhand?
1: Yeah. So, you know, usually, I mean, based on the the kind of the recommendation that I heard, otherwise it's, you know, between uh, uh, 50 to 80 keywords, okay. you know, like no more, Okay. Uh, you know, uh, depending on the, you know, on the complexity or the kind of variation of the, you know, of what you are offering, you know, like, you know, if you do weddings, I think you, you can do a lot more different uh, keywords because you know then uh, you know there's a lot of more variety with venues and you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, so you can target those you know those keywords a little bit you know uh, with a bigger variety. I mean for headshots, you know I th- I believe I have uh, right now like forty that okay. I'm targeting within campaign. That makes but sense. I have a lot but I have a lot of negative keywords as well. <laughs> I actually have a lot of negative keywords. Okay.
0: That's smart you though. Know? And and but yeah. I mean th- this idea of specificity, that's the word that I I wrote down and starred actually here in my notebook. Specificity versus that mistake that you mentioned which is being way too broad. If you just keep it super simple, there's way way too many opportunities for that budget to get just raked over the coals really really quickly.
1: Yeah, no. And you know what, you know, let's say you know the lowest budget you can have. Let's say you're spending like you know ten bucks per day, yeah. right? Uh, uh, is your budget? So yeah. this is your Google Ads, and let's say it takes you know usually you know depending on the the, the kind of how competitive a keyword is, but it may take you know uh, three, five, or six or seven dollars yeah. for per click, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's be even optimistic, and let's just say that it takes only three dollars right if you don't exclude keywords that you know the proper keywords so you're not specific enough i mean that's only 3 clicks per day yeah right so you want to make sure that the people that are really searching you know for the right things are clicking on your ad so because otherwise you got to be you know you got to get clicks but there's no, there'll be no conversions
0: this is yeah, really good. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if if we just if we left our listeners with just this point, uh, I think they'd be walking away with a massive amount of value. But I want to get to yeah. the next point, which has to do with the copy, the text uh, in that Google ad. Um, I've said this multiple times here on the podcast, but brevity, simplicity uh, and communication with words is a, is a pretty big challenge for a lot of photographers, myself included, for that matter. Um, trying to, to, to distill a message.
1: Yeah. Add to it English as a second language, you know, it makes it even harder, you know? Sure.
0: I get it. So what, what, what is the idea? What is your thought process behind writing good copy for an ad?
1: I actually, you know, this is, so I do a little bit of a kind of investigation. Uh, so I go to, uh, I search for, you know, similar, uh, services, but in other parts of the country. Okay. Uh, so New York, Chicago, I'll do like Orlando, Miami and, 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 and Google and see what kind of ads come up, right? And, and see which ones you know, I think are kind of, you know, good or like, you know, get my attention and which ones are basically just boring. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's to kind of drive some ideas, you know, and then I write it down and, 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 you know, and basically I create, uh, I have eight different ads per, uh, per ad group. So basically if you look at overall the organization of, of Google ads, you have campaigns, and the campaigns can uh, contain one or more ad sets, which are basically the kind of groups of keywords and and kind of targeting that you you know that you uh, that you want to do. Yeah. And then within each ad set, you have the actual ads. Uh, so within each ad set, I have about uh, eight different ads that you know I do variation of the text, and uh, because you know what I think should work the best, sometimes. You know, works the. Uh, I mean, actually performs the worst. Okay. You know, and you know, uh, I'll give an example. I, I, I have one of the ad. I think, what is it? I don't remember the exact text, but I think something like, you know, good, you uh, know, uh, look smarter, younger, and 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 just overall better. You know, we'll do your headshots, <laughs> <laughs> like, something like that, right? Yeah. Um. So I thought it was okay. It was funny. You know, uh, cool, right? And yeah. then. That actually didn't perform that good. But, you know, I have another one, another ads, like schedule your headshot, you know, you know, something about the headshots and then you'll be done in 15 minutes or less. And actually that one performed so well. Interesting. You know, because, you know, like I didn't think about it, but, you know, people are, you know, usually professional headshots, you know, something, it's something that people are, you know, dreading, you know, but it's not something that on top of their priority list. And they don't like to be photographed, and uh, they just want to be quick and easy and and be done, right? Hmm. Now, what I'm saying, you know, like even if they click on this, and you know, they don't really stay for fifty minutes unless somebody really explicitly tells me that's 15 minutes, because uh, as you know, the session, you know, with me, it's, it's, you know, a bit of a conversation, you know, have fun. And then once, once we start photographing, uh, I photograph a person, I mean, we have a good time and they don't rush me. So, you know, so it's, it, it may take still, you know, an hour for a headshot session, but you know, the initial thought is like, I want to be fast, you know, I, and I want to be kind of painless. So the kind of 15 minute of less ad actually performs pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess a lot of that has to do with understanding our, our target clientele, what is most important to them, because we can speak to that, what a, whatever pain point that they may have via a really specific value proposition. In this case, get in and out in 15 minutes. I mean, I know that would be appealing to me. Are, are you talking to your clients to kind of get a feel for what is most important to them and, and writing ads based on, on that as well?
1: I did. You know, I did. Yeah. I mean, over time I did. I always ask them, you know, what, you know, one, you know, like what they want to, you know, convey through their headshots, you know, what's important in their headshot. Yeah. So, you know, this is part of, you know, the, you know, the conversation that I have with every client. It's about their headshots. I, you know, I try to, one, I want to know what they do for a living and, you know, what is their like perfect client or who they, who's the headshot for. Uh, you know is it for you know people that they're talking to is there their potential clients is it you know like for people at conferences that they because they're teaching or you know so every every headshot has slightly different kind of uh meaning or because you know different communication I mean message that they want to communicate. Right. So so that's why you know I, I have different ads and and uh you know I I made a mistake before that I have you know the same the same ads Running was the same text running for let's say professional headshots yeah. and actors headshots. Ah. big mistake, you know. Yep. But, you know, like for me, it was like okay before it's like oh, okay, headshots are headshots, right? Uh, you know, but you know, actually, actors headshots completely different copy than professional headshots.
0: Yeah, and, and we won't get into this in too much detail today, but you did mention um, a little bit earlier about how you've got your ad. Campaign setup. You have the campaign itself, which represents kind of the big idea, what it is you're trying to do with that campaign. Then you have the ad sets, which represents the target clientele. So in this case, so you're talking about like the professional headshots versus the actors' headshots, and then mm-hmm. you would have different ads under each of those ad sets. Correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. So I have different. I have um, actually a few ad sets. So you know, sometimes I have like ad sets that are targeting. Uh, for people to actually book the session right online, and I have different ad sets where i 'm just trying to get their information you know uh so that they can receive the discount on the session so i have you know so even for that, I have different ad sets uh and you know because you know I want to approach people differently
0: absolutely, and so that 's represented those those different people. Uh, or groups of people represented by those ad sets, and you have the ads okay. under each of those. And and I, I should say to clarify, campaigns, what we're really talking about is the purpose of the advertisements that we're running. Yeah,
1: usually I would recommend, yeah, usually I would recommend either, you know, uh, I mean, campaigns, you can separate it um, either by the type of service that you're providing. Sure. You know, or completely different approach to something, right? So if you offer like you know wedding, wedding photography, and family, you know, photography, obviously those would be two different uh, campaigns. Sure. Uh, also, I would, I, you know, I usually separate as uh, I mean, I separate campaigns if there's, for example, a search campaign, so meaning the you know targeting the the search results and a display campaign. Mm-hmm. So I usually put those as a separate campaigns.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, and I think this is a good summary for because it, it, similar principles apply in the way that in, an ad campaign is broken down uh, for Facebook and instagram yeah it 's yeah, exactly. really important yeah. to to make sure that there is that distinction that and you know, it 's not just about creating one ad and running it to everybody for everything it 's much, much better if we create a, a purpose, which is what that campaign represents the various segments of people that we're going to be running it to, which are the ad sets, and then the individual ads and multiple ads, as Yannick highlighted, uh, to each of those groups of people. Which brings us to the next point uh, or principle, Yannick, that you talked about, which is monitoring. If you're creating multiple ads under this ad set, under this campaign, you ultimately need to see which ads are performing the best and get rid of the ones that don't work as well. You can do that, of course, by monitoring these ads. Can you talk about your process for monitoring?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So the monitoring, it's a, it's a multiple step, right? So the one I mentioned already is that the keyword monitoring, right? So that's, you know, that's something that's critical to monitor so that you know that you're not burning, you know, uh, through your budget faster than what you should be. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way of monitoring uh, and two is actually um, monitoring which ads perform better or worse. and when I say better, um, you know, click throughs are not I mean the, the clicking on the ad is not always the, the results you know that uh, is good right right uh, because you may have an ad that you have fewer clicks, but then those people booked your sessions right right. So, either you know, if you have an ad that you have high clicks but that they don't convert, convert meaning that they don't do what you want them to do, right? Whether it's you know, uh, requesting discount or uh, or booking online, then either the text of the ad is misleading and it's not in sync with your landing page. Or your landing page is just not poorly done. I mean, it's not uh, well done, and then basically it doesn't motivate the person coming to your landing page to do the action that you ask them to do. Mm. Uh, so it's you know it's a multiple level you know so it's very important to track your ads not only in the ads in themselves but also integrate your Google Ads with Google Analytics and then set up those. Conversions and goals in Google Analytics. So you can, you know, how those ads are performing, not just by clicking, but also whether those ads converted. Right. Uh, so th- so this is very important to, to, to monitor and, you know, you don't have to do it on a daily basis, but you know, if you do it once a week or even like every, you know, f- uh, four days or even every 10 days, it's, it's okay. As long as you keep kind of like the finger on the pulse and then, s- and see how things are progressing. Right. As you know, at the beginning you keep an eye, I wouldn't recommend to make m- drastic changes. You know, when you start a new campaign or new ads, Keep an eye for it for, you know, uh, for two, three weeks. And that's when Google's learning and that's when you're learning. So you have, you need some data to make decisions. Yeah, you're right.
0: You do have to give it a little bit of time to to capture that data,
1: exactly right. Because if you don't have data, you cannot make any decisions. Uh, you know, you have to. Have, you know, you, you need data to make information. Basically, you
0: mean we can't just base it on our feelings, Yannick?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, but <laughs> then you know, then the results will be based on somebody else's feelings. So, it's like, I know, know isn't
0: it's, that funny? No, I say that kind of sarcastically because, yeah, and, and yeah. again, I'm guilty of this as well. But I know our, our photography industry. There are a lot of photographers who. Run businesses, make decisions uh, for their businesses based on their feelings in the moment. And man, I know from personal experience, our feelings can go up and down and be this thing and that thing. At the end of the day, we really, as if we're going to be good, intelligent business owners, we need to leverage data, and certainly Google Analytics uh, and the ad platform. This is a great place to be utilizing that data intelligently. I, I'm glad that you highlighted the significance of goals for these ad campaigns. Because you know, at the end of the day, yeah, to your point, it's great if they clicked on that ad. But then, what do you actually want them to do from that point? And if you've not clearly established what that goal is, so that you know that you've actually converted that particular potential client, um, then you're missing out on an opportunity, at the very least, to capture intelligent data. Um, But then potentially to know how effectively this ad campaign is running. So I'm I'm glad that you highlight that as well.
1: It's, you know, very easy. And I'm, you know, I'm talking from my own experience, you know, the the mistakes that I made, you know, um, you can first like say, okay, uh, I'm getting traffic on my website, uh, so this is my goal is achieved. And you know, also I get more, you know, people on my website. So you know I'm I'm paying for it and I, I get traffic on my website. Yeah. The only thing is that you know, really this doesn't pay this doesn't pay the, the bills, you know, that people <laughs> right. come to my website. You know, the only thing that you know you know pays the bills is actually when people book me. Sure. Right. Uh or uh, you know. I don't see, you know, people are still coming to my website. I mean, maybe they're not doing what I want them to do, you know, after that. And I just look at the money, all the money that I spent on Google. And I'm just like, oh, Google ads don't work for me. You know, it's just, I'm just burning through the budget and I don't, I don't get anything out of it. Right. Uh, so it's very, you know, it's, it's very common to kind of have this kind of experience at first. Uh, but, you know, once you set up those goals properly, Uh, meaning you know what you you want those people to do or what actions you want them to take, Uh, whether it's, you know, um, get some uh, digital download or request some discount code or book online. Once you define those goals, then you can measure it against the money that you spent, right? Right. Because, you know, if you, let's say, Let's say on average, you know, you know, my headshots, you know, it's about five, $600, you know, in revenue, right? So if I, if I, you know, if I do my, you know, you know, my headshots, you know, the cost of, of getting a lead or the actual book, somebody that books me right, cost me, let's say $25, right? You may think, okay, Jesus it cost me $25, you know, I'm going to burn. you So if I get three leads, I'm, I'm burning $75 in a day. Right. But you know, you know, I'm okay to spend $25 to make $500. Absolutely. You know, know, so it's it's a no brainer. So it's basically I can increase the budget, you know, uh, three times or four times. And that basically means I'm going to get more business, right? It's not, you know, it doesn't always work in a linear manner. So if you raise your budget five times, you're not necessarily going to get five times more clients. It's true. So you have to monitor what kind of starts to slow down. And where is the kind of the sweet spot of your budget?
0: Yeah, it's very true. Actually, it's funny you say that because um, we're, we've begun, we actually cut back on on ad spend uh, for some time during the coronavirus. And, and uh, we just recently started spending some money on Facebook ads again. And the initial, I guess it was a week or so, um, we spent a minimal amount and got double digits return on our investment. It was really incredible. And yeah. like you are saying, yeah, it, it would be natural in that in that particular instance to be like, well, let's just jack this up. Let's just spend you know ten x, and, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. we'll get we'll get triple digit return. But the reality yeah. is, the platform, uh, at least for Facebook, maybe Google works this way too. The platform actually sees that you're turning that volume way up and, and the return doesn't tend to equal the amount of spend. Yeah. So you do oh, have to kind exactly. of work gradually, but you know, all of this again, highlights the significance of paying attention to data. I, I know that as a photographer, I don't even know if I ever considered the freight and this is sad to, to admit um, certainly things have changed since I started photographers Edit and have learned so much about running a business since, but as a wedding photographer and I shot for 10 plus years, the phrase cost of acquisition. um, I don't know if that was something that I ever really even paid attention to. And I know that that's the case for a lot of photographers. Some some listening in, maybe you already are aware of this principle, you're applying it to some of the marketing efforts. But um, I I think for a lot of photographers, it's, it's a relatively foreign concept. So I'm glad that we're bringing this to light. It's really important to utilize platforms like this that will give us the data. And then that enables us to make intelligent decisions. You mentioned earlier, the significance of the landing page that's the fourth principle. can you talk to us about what it means then to send them from that that ad to a landing page
1: yeah that's actually you know um, again, this is mistake that I made in the past is basically on my ads. I provided the URL. To just go to my homepage. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, basically, I think you know, I thought, well, just they're coming to my website; they will know what to do. You yeah, know, yeah. let them let them scroll around. You know, you know, discover my website, and I'm sure they're gonna love my work, and they're gonna book me. Yeah, right. Uh, and you know, you'll be. I mean, maybe you know, you pay attention to it. I, you'll be shocked how many Google Ads I see for photographers. Mm-hmm. All around US, mm-hmm. that point their ads to homepages. Yep, insane. In, sure. Like it's like it's it's like sometimes I click on you know like I always see the ad on 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 Instagram even, and they just take me to the homepage. Uh, especially for like wedding photographer. Okay, I'm going to, you know, to, to the homepage and it's like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, what am I supposed to do here? Right, right. right. Am I just, just checking a portfolio? Okay, okay, I like nice portfolio. Okay, let's move on. But uh, so a landing page should have a purpose, right? So you have to create a separate page just and I actually, I you know, I actually have few landing pages for my ads because yes. it depends how what I advertise and what is the you know the kind of the main thought behind that ad. Yep. I point them to different ads. Yeah, and you know, uh, so I have uh, five different landing pages just for headshots. You know, I have different one for uh, for weddings, and I have different one for family sessions. Uh, but just for headshots, I have five landing pages. And they look different, yep. and they and they actually the goal of that landing page is different. Yes. Uh, so that's you know, uh, but in principle, what you you know, you, you should be doing with your landing page, few things. One, the logo on top of your page should not take them to your homepage, right? That's uh, that's because that's basically they basically have to be just in the kind of not title but in the path to the action that you want to take them. Hmm. So if you have, if your logo links to your homepage, they're going to get distracted. They're going to click on the logo and, ta- and, and go to the homepage, right? Interesting. Or uh, remove menu, right? There, there shouldn't be any menu on your landing page. Okay. Because it's another distraction. Basically, you know, I take it to the extreme and most of my uh, landing pages do not have any links uh, uh, except the action that I want them to take.
0: That simple call to action.
1: Yeah, just okay. a simple, you know, call to action or CTA, you will hear this term from yes. time to time. Yes. Uh, but basically it's just one single CTA. Uh, I have one homepage where you can either schedule the session or contact me if you have questions. So you know, those are you know, those are the, the the two, but you know, even asking, even contact me is just somewhere like in the bottom of the page. If they scroll and they're still not sure, they, they can contact me, but otherwise they can book the session. Hmm. Uh, so those are you know the the you know landing pages, and I'm working with a few photographers, and uh, it actually I don't I, I recommend them not to run any ads until they have a decent uh, landing page, because you know, I mean you're gonna you're just gonna waste your money. Uh, so it's you know let's work first on a landing page. I'm happy to help. Uh, we can review it, you know, so, you know, like, because sometimes like they copy the pages and you know, there's still some hidden links and, you know, believe me, those hidden links, people will discover them. <laughs> people, people click on pages like crazy and they, yeah. will f- they will find every possible way to get away from that page, you know? Interesting. Uh, so, so yeah, so removing any, you know, sometimes the photo will take you click on the photo it will take you to a different page, and you know so you have to basically do a you know what I call a monkey test and basically <laughs> open the page and click on everything you can, yeah and then see you know what happens
0: you know you you used the word channel earlier um and then kind of stepped away from it. I actually like that idea at least for me personally, the mental picture that I get of a channel you want to direct them down a very specific channel or path and keep mm-hmm. them on that path you know but we can imagine like these Uh, walls, if you will, or fences on either side of the path. Keep them on that path so they're going a very specific direction. That direction centers around this big idea that you're further emphasizing with a bit of copy on that page and then that very simple call to action, that button, the field to fill in, whatever it might be. But that is what you want them to focus on. And this is a huge, huge thing that frankly, um, I I also kind of learned the hard way. We as a company learned the hard way. I mean, we we ran, I don't know how long we ran ads to, to just our homepage. And fortunately, and I think it's because we didn't have as much competition back in the day those ads would still convert, but I can only but, imagine. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I then, can, yeah. Imagine how much you lost business. hundred percent. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. I was going
0: to get to. I, I, I can only imagine how much more effective that campaign would have been if we had created dedicated landing pages with very specific messaging dedicated to the very specific ad sets that we were running those ads to. Um, it, it's, it just, it becomes, it, it levels up your marketing efforts significantly and cannot stress that enough um, the last piece, uh, Yannick, is the follow-up via email. You talked about, I mean, it sounds like you've got a really extensive process with this. What, can you at least give us the basics here?
1: I don't try, you know, like I try to follow this, this principle that you send them a link with information, uh, then some tips, then another email with, you know, uh, information how to book it. And, you know, so it's not every email is about, you know, selling. Sure. Uh, you know, so so um, you know, it's basically try to provide the value first. You know, before asking, you know, asking for sale. But believe me, I mean, any topic, you know, any type of photography. There's so much that we know as photographers that it's kind of foreign to you know to people that are, you know you know being photographed. So sharing this information actually, you know, will help them a lot. You know, from you know how to prepare for a session, you know what to wear, what not to wear. You know, description about how the how the session even looks like, right? You know, so you know, there's plenty of information that can be provided, but you know, the nurturing of those emails, you know, over time is very important. And I in and you know at first I thought, okay, we get spammed so much by emails, yeah, and you know we kind of. Have a tendency to to skip them, but you know it's crazy that at the end you know the emails give us the comfort to read them when we want to read them, and you know especially if they're you know they have information that is valuable to us we we'll re- we will read them you know I mean look at the different newsletters you know there's some newsletters that we totally skip, and there's some newsletters that we always open and always read them yeah right because they provide information that is kind of know either important or we we're interested in. Uh, so the same thing we have to do with our emails, right? You know, we have to provide them information. So they have a reason to, to, uh, to read, you know, the email that we send them.
0: Yeah. We also have to, I mean, maybe I'm projecting here, but I know that personally it'd be easy for me to forget that, that potential client I'm sending the information to, as you pointed out, Yannick doesn't, they're not living the life of a photographer. So they don't naturally know all this information that I hear nonstop in my industry, Um, So I have to remember that just because I know it doesn't mean that they do. And it could actually be valuable if I'm willing to share certain tips with them that might be helpful for their session.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like um, sometimes we just need a reminder, you know, like all the people that we photograph, just a reminder, you know, they don't have to be bombarded with, you know, 30, you know, 30 ads or more, you know, every hour on, on, you know, whatever they go. Right. But they just, you know, just every few days, just a reminder, you know, just here's the here's some more information. And if you want, if you're ready to schedule a session, here's the way to do it, you know.
0: And did you mention earlier that you run or have run email campaigns over the span of, I think you said 12 months? Is that average for most of your campaigns? Or what's the average length and the number of emails that you're sending out?
1: Uh, you know, obviously the highest percentage uh, of bookings, you know, I get, you know, through the first like three, four emails that I send. Okay. Uh, and then kind of true, you know, then it's kind of slow down, slow down. But. You know, uh, even the, the, my, you know, and my, my chain is probably like 25 emails, you know, over the 12 months. Wow. So, you know, you know, what if like the, you know, after 10 months, right. I send this email. I mean, I have it all automated. So it's really, it's, it's really, I don't have anything, you know, I don't do it manually. It just keeps sending them, you know, what I, what I told, uh, you know, my mail service to, to send them. Sure. And it's basically, you know, after 10 months, sometimes you get the sale or you get the the session booked that's really, you didn't do anything extra. You just, all you have, all you did is just provide them the information. And, you know, 10 months later, they may be ready to do the session.
0: How long does it take you to design that email campaign? I mean, you said 25 emails, how much time would a photographer who's never put something together like that? How many hours would they expect to put into designing that campaign?
1: It all depends, you know, how much experience you have writing. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, you know, 100% from scratch. So I purchased, uh, like for, for headshots, uh, I purchased uh, a list from Mike from Headshot Hot Sauce, okay. which I'm a member of. Uh, so it's kind of like a community for headshot photographers. Um, and then I kind of tweak them to be more personal, more me okay uh you know and you know I created few more emails and and, and kind of did you know different uh, flows of those emails so you know depending you know what they how they acted on those emails I have different flows um so you know a simple one I mean you you can do it within a couple of days a simple set of email uh email chain right yeah and then you tweak them and then you see you know which ones which emails kind of you know, get the opening uh, ratio high, and which ones are completely zero or, or or very low, or which emails get clicks and which emails don't get clicks, and those that don't get clicks, you know, see what you can improve in them. So it's a it's it's a continuous it's a continuous improvement you know path, unfortunately. But uh, you know, the initial the initial you know effort you know could be a day or two you know to write those emails.
0: Yeah, but it, you said it's a continuous effort, unfortunately. But I I think that's just it. I'm finally getting to the stage of my life and I'm 41 now where I'm, I'm willing to like go with the flow and accept the fact that life is a process and I can't just expect these quick yeah. results, which is, <laughs> it's funny. It's taken me this long to get to a place where I'm like, okay, fine. Um, yeah. but, but learning to be okay with the fact that, that really running a business in general and particularly when it comes to running an effective ad campaign, it is a process. It does require ongoing adjustment. Um, I, I think it just puts us in a much better mental space for all of this. But man, Yannick, I have to say, I, I know that you have experience teaching from stage and, and whatnot, but this has been seriously one of the most practical, actionable episodes that we've done in a while. I really appreciate you sharing so much. And by the way, this is a pretty loaded topic too. And Yannick actually mentioned to me before we started recording that he's working with photographers on an individual basis, helping them set up Google ad campaigns. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So I've been doing... Google Ads uh, for my business, uh, as I mentioned, for like three years now. So when uh, we moved from to Southern California three and a half years ago, yeah, um, and so I started really seriously doing like you know I started three and a half years ago. It took me you know a few months to kind of like tweak it, and then continuously running it. So for like three years, uh, it's been very successful for for my business, and it helped me to you know to to basically. Make a make a living because me and Sasha, you know, my wife, we are both full-time photographers, so we don't have any fallback, you know, so basically this is how we make our living and Google ads, I would say for headshots, tries about 40 to 50% of our business. Wow. Uh, you know the other one is organic, uh, organic searches, but you know that's a totally different beast. So you know, so it is possible to drive your business, you know, properly. And um, uh, I started, uh, you know, I started to talk to other photographers because I know it's it's so intimidating for a lot of people to start, or even if they started, to basically lose. Uh, good chunk of money yeah. with no results. Yeah. Uh, and they get discouraged and they say like, this is not for me. Uh, and, you know, uh, I know Google in general, it's not the most user-friendly uh, interface. I think it's much more complicated to use than like for Facebook ads, sure. for example, because, you know, Google is just, I, I think more for nerds than for anybody else. And I basically spend the time to to learn it. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, uh, I started to help other photographers and I also submitted the class to, Uh, to teach at Imaging USA. So this is a professional photographers of America. So PPA's conference, uh, which is done uh, organized every year. And in 2021, actually it's going to be virtual. So this is in January and I submitted a class there and um, I was super hyped to, uh, to find out that I was accepted as a platform speaker. Nice. So, so at the Imaging USA, I'll, I'll have a platform class speaking about Google ads for photographers and my class, the goal is to teach people how to do it themselves with the least technical knowledge possible, right? So yeah. you don't have to be a you don't have to be a nerd, you don't have to be a geek, you know. As long as you understand the principles, few principles, you can be successful running Google Ads. But then, you know, there's still some people that, you know, okay, I, I may understand it, but one, you know, I don't really want to dig that deep into it, or sure. I don't have time for this. I prefer to do other things. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help other photographers, one to set up everything and then to, you know, do like a subscription. So basically I monitor and manage their ads on a monthly basis. And, uh, you know, uh, so basically they can drive their business, you know, to, uh, to a new level. So this is more right now. I, I'm not, this is not my primary business. I'm still primary as a photographer. So this is really how I make a living. And then this is something extra that I do. So that's why I don't like advertise it, you know, tons of, I don't have a dedicated website. I'm not a digital marketer. I'm just trying to help other photographers, you know, to be more successful in their business. So, you know, if anybody's interested or a, questions uh the the easiest way to reach out to me is either through facebook so add me you know uh, uh on facebook as a friend and just message me uh instagram or uh email and email is info so info at vasiophotography.com com and vasio is spelled w-a-s-i-o photography.com and on instagram you can find me under vasio so w-a-s-i-o and, or my second uh, Instagram account is W-A-S-I-O underscore faces. This is my headshots and portraits, uh, kind of uh, commercial portraits, Instagram feed.
0: Perfect. I mean, it, truly, this has been, uh, I'm super impressed. And it's been, I know, helpful to our listeners or community. Uh, but I'm glad, too, that they have a resource, a potential resource that they can tap into uh through these individual conversations and the consulting that you offer. So we'll make sure to link to all of these, the Instagram, social media, the website in the show notes at Boca podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com for everybody listening in. Of course, we'll also link to the the previous episodes uh, that we mentioned earlier. And uh, this is, man, this has been great. We'll put the talking points there in the show notes too. Shout out to Haley who does all of our show notes for these podcast episodes. This is a particularly valuable one. Thank you so much for making so much time for us.
1: Oh, my pleasure, thank you so much Nathan for having me again. I'm this you know as a nerd this was a really cool topic for me to talk about so you know I'm happy. I hope I can help you know somebody really got some information that's valuable and they can implement it but if they you know if they have some extra questions you know always ping me and I'm happy to help.
0: Beautiful. Thanks everybody for listening in. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks so much photographers for listening to the book of podcasts. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at bocapodcast.com. Make sure to visit our sponsors photographersedit.com custom photo editing for the professional photographer and milu.com that's m-i-i-l-u.com the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing